Hey there, welcome to Broadcast to Post. I'm Jeff Sengpil, CTO at Keycode Media. This is the show where we interview leaders and experts in the AV, broadcast, and post-production spaces. We're giving you the inside tips to grow your media workflows and business today. Howdy, everybody. Let's get started with a background of how this particular episode came about. When the World Cup was the talk of the town a few months back, we reached out to our partners at LiveView, little shout out to Leah and Mike over there, about if they had crew or knew of a crew involved in the World Cup that'd be interested in jumping on our podcast. Long story short, we got connected with David Camacho, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Magnum Digital Solutions in Mexico. Magnum is actually a lot like Keycode Media. They're a reseller, systems integrator, equipment logistics company with an excellent team across the border from ours. David's team spent the entire month in Qatar supporting several productions, including the record for the most live you fly packs used for cellular bonded transmission and remote contribution to date. They also worked on several LED walls and video packages used throughout the games. I love this interview because it gets to the absolute scale of what the World Cup in Qatar is for production companies. The Magnum team delivered a massive amount of broadcast equipment and serviced various productions focused on the distribution of the cup in Latin America. But this is the World Cup, and there's even more teams just like Magnum focused on their regional broadcasts of the games and their news about the games. David, Welcome to the show. Let's get started at the beginning. When did Magnum start working on the Qatar World Cup and for what major broadcasters? Hey, Jeff. Thank you so so much for having us. Uh, thank you to the Keycode uh, team over there. So yeah, we, uh, Magnum is, uh, was founded all the way back to 1980. Uh, we have been working with companies like LiveView for, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 years now, a long time ago. So the first time we started working for this kind of events like the Olympics, like the World Cup was back in South Africa. You know, that was 3G, uh, 2G, 3G solutions. It was a whole different thing than we, what we have now. So in order for these events to happen, you know, like you said, it takes a lot of planning. Usually um, the major broadcaster here in Mexico, it's called Televisa. And they started working pretty much one year before, right? one year before the, the beginning of the games, of the events. So um, we have been working with them for so long now with different teams, with different uh, parts of their, of, their, of their teams, you know, from the engineering to the production side and everything. So I don't, I'm not going to say a year for us, but pretty much they're like eight months, something like that. So a nice, nice ramp up time. So what are the various ways your team supported the World Cup folks? Was it camera systems? Just the live view fly packs, LED walls. What were all the pieces to this very cool puzzle? Absolutely. So uh, regarding live view, we have been fortunate to have a lot of our customers going to these kind of events. So we take care of them. Uh, it could be just a live view solution, just delivering to them. It could be them having problems with the unit, or it can be solutions like with Televisa, they, where they take us not only for a specific uh piece of the puzzle, right? They take us for whatever they might need. For instance, one of their audio consoles failed there because of the shipping and stuff like that, you know, something fell on the on the console, right? So fortunately, our engineers, Magnum engineers that were there as well, so we helped them, right? We're one of them, not a different company there. So whatever they ask us to do, we have to be ready to, to deliver it. So regarding live view, they rented around 25 units, something like that. They were broadcasting from 
all the way from the LDU 800, right, a four camera solution to the LDU 600 for their anchors and stuff. And for that part, you know, we can offer them or we we offer them their tech support or sometimes just psychological support. You know, nothing's going to fail, but if something fails, we're here. And thankfully, we, we work this time around with them on a um, LED solution and a video wall. It was so last minute. This was not planned at all. <laughs> not back uh, eight months back, for sure. But thankfully, we had the solution. We have the partners. We have the support. And we were able to deliver a whole video wall system uh, in Qatar, you know, from China, directly from China. So right now, in this case, particularly, particularly, uh, we deliver some logistics solution as well. Right? So we needed to be there on time. Uh, nothing else needed to happen. It needed to be delivered in either of two days, one of two days. Thankfully, that happened, and I think, well, the rest is history. Awesome. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing worse than shipping damage and discover that what you thought you had, you, you really don't. Um, I had read online that the World Cup was LiveView's largest deployment of 5G and 4G field units in the history of their company. So for listeners that are unfamiliar, LiveView makes a cellular bonded system that allows people to connect cameras to a field unit, and then that decodes directly into a switcher to get to the control room. Um, it's great for the camera operator that can't be tethered by a cable and now can freely run around the environment. You'd said there were 25 or so units that were actually deployed. What kind of tasks were they all used for? Well, it could be as simple as uh, they give the unit to the anchor, to the to the talent, you know, and they go all around the city shooting these uh, capsules, right? And it could be as complex as taking a unit all the way to the field to deliver a different broadcast for their social media, for example, instead of the traditional air TV service, right? They took an alternative uh, transmission for the social media, for their OTT platforms, so uh, it could be way different things, right? So we're talking about Televisa to having around 25 units. And as a whole country, you know, we I think we rented around 80, 85 units for the different customers, right? So it was everything, you know, from the traditional broadcaster, uh, just sending uh, their anchors out to the fan fest, out to, this, to the stadiums, all the way to uh, things that couldn't have been done before if you don't have an OB-band, right? So in this case, you just take the, the this this unit and you start broadcasting all the way to, to the OTT platforms directly. No need to do something extra. And also the Remy solutions were all over the place, you know? Uh, the people from Argentina that we're, we were also fortunate to meet, the TV, the broadcasters from Brazil, they were all doing some sort of Remy productions now. They all have their different uh, equipment, their different brands, their different solutions, integrations they have made. And it's cool to see how something that it's probably not working good in the U.S., for example, it's working okay in Mexico, and it's something they are doing differently in Brazil. And, you know, right now, I think we can agree that pretty much all the big brands in the media are offering some sort of Remy solution, right? So you get to see all these kinds of... Uh, of interesting uh, integrations all the users are, are doing over there. And obviously, LiveView, it's one of the main, main things you see over there. You start walking and you already see a camera with a LiveView unit. And you know, it's important to say that it was Qatar, right? It was not uh, the West part of the world. It was Qatar and there were a lot of units for sure. 
Awesome. Yeah, no, nothing better than seeing really cool technology when you're when you're out in the field. So, what were some of the biggest technical or logistic challenges you faced while preparing and and going through uh, the World Cup? I think the main one that it was, I don't know if it was what we heard and we thought it's going to be difficult because of what we heard from, I don't know, a year before people from Televisa went and they were like, no, they are asking for this document and this document and this document. Thankfully, by the time we got there, that it was, I think, around November 1st, uh, the COVID restrictions were lifted. <laughs> we were flying out on the 31st and we arrived on 30, 31st on, of, of October. And we arrived on Qatar on the 1st. On November 1st, all the COVID uh, restrictions were lifted. So that was pretty cool. And actually it wasn't that hard. LiveView had an amazing logistics team there. So, and also they were one of the only places you can get beer. <laughs> you could get beer actually in their offices. That was very cool. So I was like, Televisa, hey, you need another unit? Sure. No, don't worry. I'll get it. I'm here for you. So um, they've made an amazing, amazing effort over there. It was just like, hey, you have three more units. Last minute thing. Yeah, sure. What do you want? Uh, Natalia, which is part of, of LiveView's uh, team, uh, she was deployed there and she was amazing. She helped us a lot with the paperwork all the way to, hey, watching it over here, it's not a very good signal quality. Uh, you can have a very good signal quality over here. You know, they, they made their their work absolutely in the recon before before the World Cup. And I thought, for example, for the video wall, it's about a half a ton uh, <laughs> video wall that we shipped, right? And thankfully, everything went through us. So obviously, I thought the customs at Qatar were like, you know, they were searching everything. And thankfully, they understood they were on inside this big mass world event and they stood up to it. You know, they didn't have these small things. No, they actually offered solutions. So everything went pretty smooth. But again, if you have a good planning, the last minute things uh, tend up to, to solve itself, you know. The, the plan and the preparation is everything. Uh, can you walk through the process of setting up and testing all of your equipment before the games? Was it mostly uh, pre-game in Mexico or was it all in Qatar or maybe just a little of both? Yeah, it was quite cool because like I said, the Remy solutions are there and that means one thing, you need less staff on the field. So instead of watching, I don't know, 300, I don't know, 100 engineers, they're broadcast engineers on the field, now you're watching 10, 15, 20 at the tops, right? So um, the national team went to, I think, to a last tour in Europe, in Spain, in different countries before arriving to Qatar. So there were actually engineers that were at Qatar and then flew back to Spain for a last minute match and then back to Qatar. And if I'm not mistaken, like I told you, I was there on November 1st. And the World Cup started on November 20th. So we have these 20 days to prepare, to have everything ready. Uh, you know, also being on the <laughs> on this hardware or engineering side of things, production always comes and it's like, hey, I need it now. <laughs> but wait, it was like, <laughs> this is going to happen three days from now. No, 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 no. Things change. I need it now. So <laughs> we were ready for it. And, you know, it was, it was pretty smooth. So we had 20 days. 20 days. Uh, yeah. Sorry. 
Uh, no worries. Um, 20 days is a good ramp up time, but it's inevitable that sometimes things break or they don't work on site. Um, did you have any interesting stories of things going wrong? You know, those, that sort where you, you finally get on the air and you're amazed that you actually did. Um, what did your team do to get those to work? How did you un deal with unexpected issues or, or glitches? Yeah, I think, like, like I said, you know, preparing it's, I don't know, 60, 70 part of the job. So I think we did a good job there. And the other things, I think the most common thing that happened was people not getting their papers approved fast enough so in the end i had um a friend said you know i'm stuck in turkey on the layover right before arriving to qatar and it's taking like a week to for the papers to being approved and you know these are broadcasters that have direct line with fifa and i think that that one thing happened the most and you know you just gotta figure figure itself out right we have 20 days but then everything will work smoothly and then something failed, but you know it's just the the tiniest part of the whole solution, so you can fix it actually. And one thing that actually helped a lot was that a lot of um, all the stadiums were inside one city, right? It's not like Russia where you needed to move all across the country. That thing actually helped a lot. That that would um, even with it being in one city, the scale of World Cup is massive. You got lots of signal feeds, various teams running around, managing everything. Uh, how did your team end up collaborating with other production teams that were around to create a seamless broadcast? I can tell you the the, the one year preparation it's it's so important because even though uh, I don't know this thing happened where an officer actually took the live view and the camera off an anchor in the middle of the street. You know, like these things could not, cannot happen in this kind of events. So what, what can you do? Right. They apologize afterwards, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's my night, uh, broadcast, right? It's my news, newscast at night. So what can we do? So thankfully we have backup units. So thankfully we had, um, that being said, it's, I mean, all the TV stations are like kind of jealous one with each other and. If you go to the Telemundo booth, uh, they have even security outside because this is top secret on top of the line stuff. And there are some people more relaxed, like the Japanese, like NHK. They even say, hey, sure, welcome. Look, this is how we're doing things. All right, sure. So even if things are very, very bad, I think at the end, uh, in the media, they, they can share some things. And for example, Live View, it's pretty much everywhere. So if something fails like that, uh, they can jump in with something else. And even with the Mexican TV stations, if some, something bad happened, like, I don't know, <laughs> the library got broken or <laughs> or an officer took it, uh, sometimes they can even share resources. You mentioned our friends at NHK. I'm assuming they were probably working in 8K. So did you see any other innovative or unique technologies that were used for the World Cup? Anything new and cool that tends to pop up at these sort of events that uh, you, you took home and went, yeah, this is this is some really neat stuff. Yeah, for example, this Remy, like we said, no, like we see it on the shows, on the trade shows with the brands and on the PDF diagrams and everything's working smoothly, right? It's not like that whatsoever. So some, what I've seen, it's an implementation or a maturity in these kind of productions. So they can be working with these small boxes Fiverr was all over the place. And 
you know, it was like satellite still number one, but Fiverr is cutting it, you know, it's pretty much there. And then you have products like Lightyear, and then you have the internet, the open internet, right? And then you can broadcast there, and it's also a good backup. And sometimes the backup tends out to be the number one transmission system you use. So I see this kind of maturity in in fiber solutions. Uh, in Remy solutions, like I'm telling you, some guys took a whole cabinet, one, two rack units, two rack units of, of equipment to broadcast them. Some of them do it via open internet. Um, that kind of stuff, it was good to see because, like we said, no, 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 this is not working in Mexico. This brand and this solution, it's not working. And then you see it deployed there and hell, <laughs> it's working. And you just need to tropicalize it to the to how things are being done in, in each other countries, right? Definitely. Um, how did you end up keeping up with all the demands of broadcasting multiple games that are going on simultaneously in different locations around the city? That was fun. <laughs> the, the metro, the subway was amazing. <laughs> uh, actually, at the beginning, we thought like, man, this is not gonna, <laughs> they're not gonna fit this amount of people into these wagons. But they did, and it was pretty, pretty good to use it. Uh, that thing helped that all the stadiums were inside one city. So I, I, I think it was around seven lines or six lines of, of metro lines. And you know, the locals actually did, did not use them so much. They don't use it that much. They often, uh, I don't know, they use it some other transport, uh, some other, uh, transportation, but, um, I don't know. Somehow the metro was very, very, <laughs> it was it was key to the whole part to the whole solutions and you can actually go there faster in metro than taking an uber for example interesting i've never heard of a mass transit system being so helpful for broadcast that i've learned something new today <laughs> um do you have any um were there any things in terms of security protocols or anything like that to prevent against cyber attacks or other sorts of threats like that um during the setup and during the games well, yeah, but um, I don't know. In that that matter of security, uh, 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 to be honest, I wasn't that involved. But um, I did saw these big uh, important firewalls being placed and everybody had their own personal security. And then FIFA has like this second layer and there then there was uh, the entity in charge of actually transmitting the, the the content all the way to the other side of the globe. So there were different, uh, let's say, processes or walls that needed to be cut before getting the final fee. So, yeah, for sure, I think it was a very heavy security deployment. But uh, to be honest, I wasn't very involved in that that side of things. It's always better when it's other people's work and you you just take care of it. Take care of your, your part. Don't have to worry about that. Any memorable moments or experiences from from this entire adventure during the World Cup? war stories we you want to share before we uh sign off yeah absolutely i mean for for sure this video will like a half a ton right uh some people i mean all all, all of the people understood english and they speak it quite well but sometimes you know <laughs> the driver it was very very funny to try to get to to explain to them how to get to us in a place where i haven't been before in my life and uh, how to do it and then somehow just seeing how things managed to to clinch, you know, and everything's working good. So the drivers, the people were amazing. I mean, 
um, they understood they were in this big event and they did their best, even though language wasn't that much of a barrier. But uh, even if that happened, uh, people were very, very cool. And, you know, you just have to <laughs> run to one side to the other. And then, hey, I needed this actually happened with Televisa. I needed 20 units for tomorrow. What are you talking about? I mean, everything was delivered. No, I need 20. Yeah, sure. Of course I'm going to do it. And then you hop on and people started to, you know, I was carrying like a lot of the backpacks and then they Uber helped me. And yeah, there were very friendly people and that really helped as well for, for everything to be as cool as it was. Sound, sounds like it's a, one of those things that's a career highlight. David, thanks for joining us today. Um, it was great to talk to you about your experiences with, uh, with FIFA and uh, the Qatar World Cup. And um, again, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you for your time. Thanks for watching Broadcast to Post. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive future episodes. Follow Keycode Media on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to receive news on additional AV, broadcast, and post-production technology content. See you next time, folks.